0: Welcome to Much More Much Here with Pup Duffy and Carol Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. This episode is brought to you by Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android picks up web articles about the most trending topics on the web at any given moment and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time, the entire web becomes listenable, all in one place. Browse articles from topics you choose and start playing. Stop scrolling, start listening. You can follow any topic as specific as you like from sports, tech, business, science, Bitcoin, or even the Kardashians. It will find you the latest articles and read them to you aloud. They have podcasts as well. You can find our podcasts there. They even have digital radio. Download and use Newsly for free now from www.newsly dot me or from the link in the description you can get one month free of the premium subscription by using my code pup 2022 thanks newsly for sponsoring this episode so everybody i am here with writer director robert livings we're going to be talking about infrared it's coming out soon
1: so, yeah so uh, it's out july 22nd on video on demand um and then it'll hit the Avod Channels, um, Terra Films on the 29th, and Kings of Horror on August 5th.
0: So pretty much anywhere uh, movies are streamed, it'll be...
1: Basically, it's going to be very accessible. <laughs> yeah.
0: This actually, um, Kira mentioned, you have worked with these people before, with Greg before, and with Randy before, is that right?
1: So I've worked with Randy before. I mean, Randy, actually, we work at the same like workplace in our day jobs as well. We're at a film school for adults with disabilities, um, and so... We're constantly like working together and coming out with film stuff, but we'd met prior to that. And we made another film called The Other Girl, uh, prior to Infrared, which also starred Jesse and Leah, um, and Sam, who had a small part in the film as well, as well as Austin, who's the sound guy in the film, but the sound guy on the film too uh so yeah we've kind of got this little crew that that's been a lot of fun to kind of work with and when we finished that last film we were like let's do something else and let's do something completely different to the other girl
0: well you got that whole little uh you know Rami campbell becker thing going on
1: yeah i mean it, it's it's fun working with people you know um it also it's fun working finding new people to work with as well so greg i knew um just through i used to work at uh a cinema back in perth um and he he'd visit and tour the room and that kind of stuff. And it was actually through my job now in America where I came across uh, Travis Ayers, who's one of our producers, who just happens to be Greg's publicist as well. And um, it was that time of Greg had just finished his, like writing and directing his first feature film, Miracle Valley. He'd been in post-production for this like long period of time. And I think he just missed being on set. And our pitch came along at the right time. And he was just like, yeah, let's do this. This sounds like fun. And he has family up near Sacramento. So it was like, we're kind of able to like fit it around a trip and just everything just kind of came together and we made it work.
0: Well, Greg is known. I just forgot the name of the, the book. Tommy. The
1: disaster artist. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The disaster artist. So to see his name, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. I I know of this guy, but in the film, he starts off kind of like goofy charmer, but there's like some, some changes, some little plot twists that we're not going to spoil for anybody. You have to watch the film, but he played it very well. He played both. The charming and the creepy, very, very well. So, yeah,
1: it's because you never, you never quite, and that's the thing, I don't think it's a spoiler to say, you never quite know where his character's at. And I think it's good to have those kind of characters in horror films where some people instantly think that they're something that they're not. Um, And we really wanted to make sure that, um, we really wanted to make sure that that was the case. So, uh and I think that's with a lot of the characters in the film it was it, it was really about character development um that was what we aimed at doing first and then the the horror element kind of came in secondary for us which we were so so happy to kind of bring all that together
0: Well it's the fourth is is it supposed to be found footage
1: So it's in the found footage genre and I mean that that came about I've I've always liked found footage Randy um would I, I got him into it but it was one of those things where we kind of had to because of COVID um, we couldn't so with this film we wanted to make sure that it was a movie that we could make as a non-found footage as well as a found footage so like if it wasn't going to work as a, as a traditional film then we need to figure out then something's not working with the story and with the characters. Um, but we did found footage as a way of making the cast, the crew. So like, I'm the cameraman in the film. You don't see me, but you hear me. Uh, Randy is the producer in the film, um, but he's also co-directing with me. Austin, the sound guy, he's actually recording the film sound the whole time he's on camera. Um, so it was this way of keeping the crews down during a time of COVID where we had to keep limited like people on set. Um, so that was, that was kind of why we went for it, but uh, it was a lot of fun.
0: Right, a lot of filmmakers have said that with with covid and having to, having to have smaller crews and not being able to have these massive you know ensembles rather than being the the curse that you might think it might be but yes because you have to do double duty you have to if you're a director you might be setting up you know the lighting you might be you know uh, going to grab sandwiches you have to maybe do wear a couple different hats but also the benefits of it are, it seems like a lot of filmmakers are saying that they are they feel like they're getting a better end result because they had to pay so much attention or they could pay so much attention because they weren't trying to herd a thousand cats. Stuff. Yeah,
1: you, you you also work a lot faster, but not the bad kind of fast that often happens on film sets where things get rushed. Um, it kind of forces you to pre-plan things so that when you get on set, you can actually uh you can shoot a lot more you can have a lot more to work with um i mean with the film we did before this with the lighting we preset up the apartment so that it didn't matter where the camera pointed we were never ever going to see lights but it was still lit so it, it, once we had that it gave us freedom right so we wanted to have that same approach on infrared um uh, i mean a lot of it being a found footage is a little light on top of the camera and you kind of just go for it Um, but it was, it was all just about kind of like that pre-planning and then that gave us the freedom to move around freely, uh, within the building that we shot in. I mean, we, we had that for a limited amount of time, so we wanted to make the most of that.
0: And I think that's another thing that a lot of filmmakers found trying to film during a pandemic. Places were more agreeable to smaller productions. You know, if you had a hundred people, they're like, I don't think so. But they're like, it's just the 10 of us. It's like, oh yeah, come on in. Where am I?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And six apart together, but Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, and it's and there's also a lot of buildings that closed down, so they were available. Um, so it's it's. Uh, I mean, this one was a building that had been closed for twelve years. It was this old school in Boulevard Park in Sacramento. Um, I'd always walked past it, and I'd been like, "Why has no one filmed there?" Probably because they won't let you. Um, yeah. And then trying to find out who ran it through the school district was was a lot of work. But my wife's a teacher, and she was able to kind of figure it out. And when I asked, when I finally got to the person, he was like, "I can't believe no one's ever asked before." I was like, you guys aren't easy to find. Uh, they're like, we, we they just expected people would film there. Um, but uh, I think we were the first and probably the last ones to get in because it's getting redeveloped now. So we're kind of really happy to have that little moment because the, the building, it sounds cliche, like the building is the main character in the film because it's what sets up all the spooks and creeps around the corners and all that stuff.
0: Well, absolutely. I think um, when you get a, a location like that, like the ocean for Jaws or the Amityville House, they are a character in the film, absolutely are. Like rose red, like that. That is sad. That cool as well, but it's sad that you know just your your film infrared is probably like you said the first and last to ever be filmed there because that poor school superintendent or whoever it was he seeing the dollars just go whoo that he could have made <laughs> don't knock it down hold on i got an idea <laughs> that
1: that was actually that worked in our favor that was one of because it was owned by the city That was it was limited to whatever the standard booking fees were for like a, a dance hall or something that they would the city would own so they couldn't we couldn't like they couldn't overcharge for it, which was was a really interesting thing. So, I mean, that would be advice to any filmmakers out there. It's a bit, there's a bit more red tape and a lot more paperwork and insurances and things like that. But if you can find something that's owned by the city or the state, um, that they're willing to let you use, they're limited to what they can charge. It's yeah. like, so yeah, we, we learned that. And that, that was a really handy little tip on this one that we came across.
0: Right, if it's $300 a night, whether it's a square dance or a film production, hey, that's not your problem. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, our backup locations, they were would have been about 10 times the amount of what we charged per night, uh, or what we were charged per night. So this was, we got very lucky with this one.
0: Well, going back to the, the found footage, I think a lot of people, you're either for it, you're either a fan or you absolutely hate it because there's something about, I couldn't guess what the, first film that used town footage but the first one I can think of was probably like Blair Witch Project. Blair
1: Witch was the first one that like kind of commercialized it um there were a few before it, like Jack Perez's America's Nastiest Home Videos and um I mean you can go back to the town of Dreaded Sundown if you want to look at it that way but Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity obviously the two kind of like staples that studios aim to try and try and hit.
0: Right and those those are probably the ones people know and also Cloverfield. Cloverfield did very well with the found footage angle. It actually, I I was one of those people that was like, oh god, I hate found footage. I just didn't like camera, and it's it's an intentional thing. I know I didn't like how jumpy it was, but I'm the same person in the 3D movie that's like getting vertigo. So it's it's a me thing. It's not a anybody else. Thing. But Cloverfield really really did it well. That with the little barely glimpsed things and and so when it's done well and it's done very well in your film infrared also has kind of a a ghost finders or ghost hunters or whatever it's called feel and I know that's that's kind of the the shtick of it of what um Wes and Izzy are they're there to to film for what their show right and you know try spooks in a way it could have come across as cheesy but it didn't it came across as super creepy and then again, without spoiling um, the the little plot towards the end of it, it just it was really
1: cool. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it was. We we know that there's a stigma that comes with a found footage, and we we like we're aware. Just like any genre, I mean, people there's people will avoid something they don't like. Um, so that's why our goal with this one was to make it about the characters as opposed to just going in and doing like silly camera whip jump scares that um, a lot of the films do do. There's there's so many great found footage films out there, and I, I urge people not to write them off um but yeah we wanted to make sure that and then we wanted to make sure it wasn't a shaky cam film so by setting it within the world of this guy creating a paranormal like tv show um it kind of and being the camera operator meant I was uh, very able to control how we shot it there's I think there's a couple of running scenes where it's what you would call the shaky cam of found footage um but uh yeah i I think we we just made sure that we wanted to make a film that would be accessible to everyone so hopefully someone who doesn't like found footage who stumbles across it um sees it they will like it um but uh yeah i mean i we're very happy with what we did and there's a big community out there the found footage movie group on facebook is huge and growing every day and the the back and forth of all the new films that come out in there is just fantastic you just have to go in there and look at response to dash cam in that group and um, just to see how how alive and well found footage still is
0: I want uh, people listening I'm not dismissing found footage at all I actually really really enjoyed this and I'm saying it in a way that I'm comparing my previous bad experiences with it but I don't like jump scares either I can I can watch you know monsters uh, rip somebody's head off all day long don't, don't jump. Don't be like a cute little bunny and jump out from behind a tree because I'm going to scream. I'm going to go over the couch because I can't handle it. As you said, this is about the characters. This is the story inside. It's kind of like inside two different stories. There's the story of what happened at the school. And then there's the story of Jeff. And then it's the story of them trying to make their show. So it's really, it's complex. It's not just people running through the woods and whipping the camera over their shoulder every once in a while right it's yeah. really more about the story rather than the camera work i hate to say because you did the camera work but you know what i mean it's like there's an actual story to it it's not fluff i think yeah. fluff, it's i think fluff is probably what bo- will bother me the most when i'm watching something if it doesn't have yeah. substance
1: yeah and i think you saw that and i think the problem is it's not it's not the independent found footage it's the um mm. the ones that came out to try and be a quick cash grab after like you have Paranormal Activity does well. So then obviously there's a bunch of copycats and then uh, the, the studios just quickly rush in. It's kind of like rushing a sequel, right? Um, where it was just a lot of people walking around, yelling, hello, hello, opening a door and then something being behind it. Um, as opposed to like, you look, you go back and anyone who hasn't seen Paranormal Activity, I urge people to watch. I think it's one of the most terrifying horror films, just, just literally by having a clock that ticks and speeds up and stops. And just tells you that something might or might not happen like that little idea was just so genius and that's why that that whole series took off um and then there's films out there like Lake Mungo which is about grief and it's one of the most unsettling horror films you'll ever see it's a fake doco um it's told more like a documentary than a, a found footage thing but it's one of those things where when people stumble across that film they're either wowed by it or bored by it And again everyone's got their own what approach to like how they how they see these films but um, again, it's like any genre. I mean, I like most genres. I don't love westerns, but I'll, I'll see a western that I absolutely love. So I don't write off that genre, and I, and I just think people should be the same with found footage because there's so many different ones out there. And also, I want people to watch infrared. I mean, <laughs> obviously, that's that's why 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 we're here to, to talk about it. So,
0: but I guess like the thing is, don't shame someone for not liking the same thing as you. It's kind of like the Star Trek people. It's like, why not both? Why can't we? Like- both but, um, yeah, the old
1: old star wars versus new star wars crowd and stuff <laughs> like that it just people get so entitled about what they think they deserve yeah
0: i happen to have loved the obi-wan series that just
1: aired i thought it was fantastic yeah, so I, I i'm gonna watch it and i'm gonna love it i just haven't i haven't had time yet because i've been traveling but um it's like yeah i think what they're doing is great that when there wasn't stuff like star wars being made people were like i want star wars and then it's getting made and people were like why are they making it like this so I mean, you're not going to please everyone. So I think it's just a matter of a lot of things are a matter of taste. And I think it's, you're right. Don't force, don't force what you think on someone else, but you can always be there and encourage people to, to give things another shot.
0: Well, I was going to say, yeah, don't force your beliefs on someone, but also don't be so close-minded that you don't try something out. You know, hmm. my, this is off topic, but my parents raised us with, you don't have to eat it all if you don't like it, but you have to at least try it. That's kind of the, with books, with, with TV shows, with, at least give it a shot, at least give it one try and definitely yeah. try it because for someone like me who loves horror, hates jump scares, I thought it was fantastic. Well,
1: thank you. I appreciate you, uh, you watching it. And then also like wanted to talk about it. So I, I, I think, yeah. And, and I, I would say if you haven't been on that found footage page on Facebook, just do a quick scroll. Like you'll be, it's, I think last year in March, it had 2000 members and now it's got like 50 and there's, it's just an ever growing, group of people Uh, and it's uh so yeah the genre is live and well
0: do they do they upload like videos and
1: no it's just it was just a fan page I think that just took off um so it's just a discussion page it's very much kind of like what you talked about where people will argue like wait, that's not as good as Blair Witch, it's gotta be this style and that kind of stuff. Um, but it's a really fun way for us to promote stuff. Um, it's a fun way for people to give, like even for this film, like early on, that that that's obviously where we would say, hey, if the majority of people in this group like this film, then we're gonna make a good film that will expand beyond it. Um, and we did we we did like test screenings with people when we had longer cuts, what worked, what didn't work, full like sheets. So like a lot of that group had had to do with how we restructured and how we made the film as tight as it is now
0: cool though because it's almost like uh you always feel as a fan even if you can like be an extra on something or like you said you know a filmmaker that you really love is asking for feed you know feedback or hey we're we're getting a free screener and we want to know what you think even though it's not your film you can kind of be like yeah I was pretty red yeah. I hate the word clout, but it's kind of like mini clout.
1: Well, yeah. And we're also seeing those people are now ones sharing the trailer and sharing, saying, hey, this film's coming out. Because um, what was cool was we had like 150 or so people wanted to do it. We were only ever going to do about 20. And then so we just went through and got a mixed demographic. And it was really interesting to start. It very, very quickly. We saw I mean, any filmmaker should do this with their films. Like, don't don't be precious about what's on the screen, because very quickly we saw what didn't work to people. Like, it's easy for us to be like, no, that's important. But then when you've got 20 people saying this isn't important, you're like, oh, okay. Um, and I think that, that's that got nothing to do with found footage. That's just filmmaking in general. I think getting feedback and taking feedback and and figuring out ways to, to make things better. Because in the end, everyone wants a better film. Um, like I, the in Infrared, the opening three minutes, which is like a snippet from the TV show of Infrared, which is within the show, movie Infrared, which will make sense when you watch Infrared. Um, the we actually shot the entire episode. So the film originally started with like a 20 minute, 22 minute episode of infrared. Um, And there was this whole back and forth. You saw how Wes ran the show. You saw how he interacted with the different guests, people who wanted to be on the show and people who didn't. And it just didn't serve the film from like a story perspective. It was great to have, and we were like, well, we only need to see the snippet of the exorcism because that's what's important to the story later on. Right? But, Now what's cool is we have this episode, which is going to be on the Blu-ray. I don't know where it's going to be elsewhere, but it's like Ian and Sam gave such great performances in it. Um, So it's really cool that we get to like share that as well. But yeah, a lot of the feedback was this bit's too long. Um, And we kind of knew it. So that's why we was like to see how other people feel about it. and, uh, yeah, we really, that episode's a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to that coming out as well. So
0: leaving it in so long, you, you run the risk of people going, what, this was about ghosts. I thought this was ghost going." Is this the right film? And then kind of maybe like losing their attention for yeah. the length. And then they're having to try to, to get that attention level back once mm-hmm. you're back school and you're doing so.
1: Yeah. And that's, I mean, we, we, we have a very collaborative approach to our films. Me and Randy, we, uh. We shoot with outlines, not written scripts. So um, the actors have a lot of freedom on set. So we're constantly like, they know where they need to get to. And then we'll, we'll kind of, we'll shoot. And then we'll have those discussions. And then we'll, we'll rework. And everyone is involved in the collaborative process. Um, even just with like little changes here and there. Um, like Nicole who plays the demon, like she gave, she, she just said one thing on set and we were like, that's awesome. And then Greg was like, yeah, let's do that. Let's figure that out. And we were able to kind of like, Take something that was already working and like expand on that. And um, having those freedoms works really, really well.
0: I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Taika Watiti. Taika, Taika Watiti. yep. Thor Ragnarok was like, I forget what percent, but a massive percent was improvisation. You know, he was like, okay, like you said, this is what I want to go on during this scene and action. And they were kind of like, what? <laughs> okay, hold on. And, you know, so giving your, your actor's, that freedom to, to be part of like, not the writing process, but the creating process. Like you said, you know um, this person goes, well, what if I come in and I do this and the other, you know, another actor is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll do. And then you as a director, you're going, this is great.
1: <laughs> we, we, when those discussions start happening where other people have different ideas, we kind of go, don't tell us, just do it. And if it works, we'll start playing with it. And if it doesn't mm-hmm. work, we'll just say, let's go back to what we originally planned. So because we'd rather see it on camera, because once it becomes planned, it loses that that mm-hmm. realistic, natural element. Um, but, yeah, no, Taika is great with that. I mean, What We Do in the Shadows is one of my favorite films. And I technically you could call it a found footage film as well, if you yeah. <laughs> if you want to. Yeah.
0: Also, it kind of like the the reality TV where they turn to talk to the cameraman, you know, it's like, and this is what we're going to do here. And it's, yeah. So all of that is like the creative process and working together and being that director that isn't so like, no, no, I want this. We're going to do this. And you know, a hundred people are telling you, it's not really working. Screw you. We're doing it. And you should have listened being the director that you are and saying, you know what, you're right. This isn't working. Let's do something else. Makes a better film.
1: Yeah, and I think also just co-directing. Like, me and Randy work so well together. Like, on we're we're opposite personalities. So um, we just, we usually, like, there'll be a moment where we'll look at each other and both of us will instantly know that something's not working or something is working uh, without something really needing to be said. Like, I'll look over at him and he'll he'll give me this look and I'll be like, like... And and we'll just kind of be ready to ready to lay. All right, let's figure this out. Let's make this work. And um, yeah, but having that freedom. And then so what we'll do is we'll talk to each other. And then if there's say two or three actors on set. Will then talk to them separately and give them their directions without them working together so that they can then at least find those moments in the scene as well. Um, right. On if, on infrared it was a lot of fun because we had one camera because it's jump cut because we were able to swing the camera as much as we wanted because it was found footage on the film we did before we had two cameras so we had to be really careful with blocking a little bit more so so um, but yeah, we're really enjoying working in that style. Um, we're gonna lean towards being a little bit more scripted for our next film, just because it's gonna be a shot traditional, not um, found footage. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a fun, fun ride in this genre.
0: Yeah. And I think actually, I think we're gonna be talking to Randy next week. So mm-hmm. I'm basically fact check again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I say Robert said uh, no, but you're you're right when you have a partner or a you know direction partner. If you can look over and just do like the eyebrows, like and it's like okay. And what you were saying about uh, approaching the actors separately in a creative process, whether it's something like this or a film or writing, if you try to plan it, it's so stilted, right? I've tried to like do videos and like work off a script, and it's horrible. If it's organic. If you're just kind of free balling, I don't know if that's a word, but that's what I use. If you're just going with it, yeah. it adds up to a better experience and a, and a better end product.
1: I've- yeah, and I, and I think I mean it's like we we come in knowing exactly what we want, but we want to see how other people might get there because it's like it's like when you're it's the same thing when you're working with an editor. Um, you always want to see the first cut from the editor without giving them any feedback because like. 80% of it's going to come back with what you wanted anyway. And then there's going to be this other 20% where you'll be like, wow, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about that. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I think it's just always good to be open creatively because sure, there's going to be some stuff that you're not going to agree with, but, um, it might, there might be three moments you're like, eh, let's not do that. And then one moment that you go, wow, that's game changing in the film. Right. So I think collaboration is, is key. And, uh, I mean, filmmaking in general is collaboration and, um,
0: try things even if you think i don't think it's gonna fly and then you try and it doesn't that fantastic
1: if you have the time and it's not going to cost you too much money a hundred percent on a film set try things (laughs) uh we just wrapped our new film and um we like it was our first time really kind of stepping into the more goal killing type side of things and i think it's It was a completely different experience because everything it's, we're still trying to shoot in this organic speed, but you're basically masking cuts the whole time. So it's always like, stop, start, stop. So we'd go from, all right, that's kind of cool. We figured that out. Now we have to do this exactly as planned or it will not work. (laughs) So it was, it was a fun experience though.
0: Because you're like, all right, now listen, when the arm gets slashed off, it has to bounce and go to the left or it's not going to work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We don't have a second camera, so you need to whip at the right time so we can match cut.
0: Exactly. You talk about the new project or is it still being worked on?
1: I can't at the moment other than it's a Christmas anthology horror. I like that. Yeah. So so we can't, we don't, I'm not sure what we can and can't say. So I'm safe area. Um, We are, the, the hope is for a release this year. So we'll.
0: uh... Here's the question. It's a Christmas anthology horror. Is it released at Halloween? Or Christmas.
1: It's it's very much a Christmas film that goes outside of the standard Christmas kind of shorts that you would expect in an end.
0: But Christmas, like Krampus, that film Krampus, amazing. Mm -hmm. And there's like Slasher Santa, but something that's supposed to be so wholesome and so joyful and then you know, people are getting decapitated. I'm, I'm for it. I'm all for it. I love that.
1: And I think also Christmas lends to you having that um, element of comedy in there as well. I mean, I think infrared's got a bunch of comedy in it, but I would call it natural comedy. That's not it's not none of the, there's no jokes in there that were planned right it's just stuff that comes with the nature of being around these people and their sense of humor whereas with christmas comedy you get to be goofy i mean it's if you have a killer sancho in a movie right you can't that that's already goofy right <laughs> like uh even if it's serious
0: yeah a fat man in a red suit with a bloody axe you know i mean come on hi buddy so okay so once again we're gonna tell everybody that the film infrared will be available, video on demand, July 22nd, basically everywhere. And then the twenty through Terror Films.
1: So on 29th, the Terror Films channel will start screening it. Um, that'll be, uh, that's, that's free. So that's AVOD, so ad-based. Um, and at 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, we will be doing a, uh, like a cast and crew kind of Q&A in the chat, watching the film live. Um, and then, yeah, the following week on the 5th of August, it'll be on Kings of Horror so uh yeah it's it's exciting that it's finally finally going to be out we we are very 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 happy um terror films have been amazing to work with and um we're loving everything they're doing so um yeah support their channel give them everything support uh um yeah and support this podcast I, i've i had a lot of fun talking with you today
0: But well, you know what with all the problems we got there we got there and uh kara will be sad to have missed you but she gets to uh to chime in and talk with randy next week so it'll be a lot of fun so people you guys if you want go to the terror films channel you said 3 p.m uh pacific
1: july 29th 3 p.m yeah and they'll um, be
0: able to chat with you yeah
1: so uh that's that's That's, yeah, there's going to be a a live chat with... uh, So me and Randy will be there. Maybe some of the other cast and crew will show up as well. Um, And, uh, yeah, we'll just... You can watch the film with us, essentially.
0: That sounds like a lot of fun. So everybody check it out. Um, where can they follow you on social media or can they follow the film on social media?
1: Yeah, so just go to Infrared Movie on Facebook. Um, and then we have a, a Twitter. It's Wolfcat Films is our production company. That's myself, Randy and Austin. And then, I mean, you can find my, me, me, Robert Living's and Randy, Randy Nandlal Jr. Um, on Instagram just by, by searching our names. Um, and I can send you those links as well.
0: Thank you for showing me a little tiny bit of Australia.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the southwest region of West Australia. It's very beautiful. It's wine region and beaches. So yeah, yeah. We 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 had in Sacramento we had four hundred plus degree days before I flew out last week. So it was this has been a welcome change.
0: Seriously, I I'm gonna go stand in front of the AC unit in here in a second, but. But thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. and um, Of course.
1: And thank you for promoting indie film, some filmmakers. I really appreciate it.
0: Literally, this is no lie. Indie films are my favorite films to watch. I mean, yes, I'm in love with the Marvel, you know, cinematic mm-hmm. universe. Oh, and Star Wars but Mm -hmm. if I'm gonna sit down and watch a film it's it's usually an indie film it's gonna be something gonna be something quirky I would I
1: would watch what I saw you write it down so I'm assuming you haven't seen Lake Mungo I would
0: uh I I would track
1: track that little Australian gem down Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate this. It's been fun.
0: Oh my God, Robert. It's been my pleasure. Have a nice time with the family.
1: All right. See ya.
0: Thank you guys so much for taking time out of your day to come and spend it with us here at Imagination Media. We truly appreciate you guys sharing this experience with us. For more information about us, you can go to automagination.org. In retrospect, I realize it's a really long website domain name. A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.org. It's a combination of autism and imagination, something that's close to all of our hearts here. Thank you again to Newsly for sponsoring this show. Head over to www.newsly.me. Pick up that one month free premium subscription using our code PUP2022. Until next time, take care of your fellow humans. We're really all we have. Be nice to Mother Earth. And if you're ever in a spot where you need help, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for it.